Hi friends, welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And the project is, as I'm sure you know, is to work through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. You're very welcome if you're joining us for the first time. You're joining a community of thousands of people all around the world. In over 150 countries, in fact, they've made the decision to make the study of the Bible part of the rhythm of their daily life. So you're most very welcome. I do hope you find it helpful. And please stick around at the end and I'll tell you lots of ways that you can connect with this ministry and also ways which you can find other teaching resources that are made available always free at no cost. So hang around at the end and I'll update you with that. But other than that, as I said, welcome again and we'll drop back in and pick up where we left off in the text last time and we're coming to the concluding part of this amazing passage often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. Okay folks, welcome back. I've decided to call today's short talk building the foundations of your life. And we shall be looking at, they're getting towards the closing section of Matthew's account of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, as it is called. And we're going to be looking at the verses Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Now you don't have to be a builder to know that foundations under a property are very important. But of course, when we live in a house, we probably don't really think about the foundations of our home very much. We don't sort of talk about them or worry about them. We'd rather talk about new things and think about new things, about maybe getting new bathrooms or kitchens, that sort of stuff. But yet, underneath that, we all recognise that this, this important place that we've chosen to be our home needs to have a good foundation. Otherwise, the whole building might crumble and fall. Well, Jesus is telling here that the same thing can be said of our lives, that we need to build our lives on strong foundations. Now, some foundations are better than others. So again, it's worth stopping for a minute and thinking about the different things upon which we and people try to build our lives. Maybe I should ask, what are the options we have to choose from if we decide to build our life in a certain way? Or how about this? What are the consequences of choosing to build your life upon certain things? So what we're doing today is we're looking at the foundations of life because at the end here of the Sermon on the Mount, that's what Jesus is talking about and it's what he chooses to talk about to close his message. So this comes at a very strategic spot in the scripture. So let me read to you the almost closing four verses of Matthew chapter 7. Let me read for you, and I'm actually going to read to you the closing six verses of Matthew chapter 7, but we'll only be looking at two blocks of two verses today. Picking up at 7.24, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And then Matthew comments at the end, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. 
for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So outlining these closing verses of Matthew chapter 7, the closing off of the Sermon on the Mount, this passage of scripture, well, it sort of naturally falls into three sections. Section 1, verses 24 and 25, Jesus is talking about a wise man and how he is someone who builds his house or his life on the rock, the metaphor that's being used here. And in verses 26 and 27, he talks about a foolish man, someone who builds his house or his life, if you will, on the sand. And in section 3, verses 28 and 29, the third part of this closing passage is a sort of editorial comment by Matthew. And we shall use that to close off the whole Sermon on the Mount when we come back and do a sort of summary and conclusion tomorrow. These verses are really significant to what Jesus has just said at the end of this lengthy passage called the Sermon on the Mount. So today we're going to look at a wise man and we're going to look at a foolish man and we're going to talk about the initial reaction the people had when Jesus taught not just this but in fact the reaction to his whole sermon. So let's begin again and return to what it said in verse 24 about the wise man. And it said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Notice the wise man didn't set up a temporary structure. He built a house which was a permanent structure, something in which our protagonist, the wise man, is going to live and probably plans to live for the rest of his life. So I suppose the question we need to ask is, what does Jesus mean by the rock on which his house would build? And I think most people would say that that's rather simple. It's a fairly familiar trope used throughout the New Testament. Paul himself, there in writing, said there is no other foundation on which we can build our lives other than Jesus Christ. And that's a statement, a well-known statement, in fact, by the Apostle Paul from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But it's a little more specific than that. If you look closely at the Matthew passage, you'll see that he says in verse 24, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them is building his house upon the rock. So this is more specific than just saying you build your rock on Jesus Christ. It's more than just building your life on Christ's salvation. It's talking about being obedient to Christ and that is the thing which is the rock upon which you can build your everyday life. So what does that involve? Well, he says here that our protagonist needs to hear and do. He that hears and does what he says. Now remember, this is placed at the end of his lengthy sermon and Jesus has been talking for three chapters now about the sort of things we should do and the way in which we should do them in order to live our lives the correct way. And obviously everybody who heard this, everybody who's sitting before him, had just heard what he said. So the issue is not about them hearing. They've heard it already now. They've just heard it spoken to them. The issue now is the doing. And there's a huge difference between the two. You know, it's one thing to sit today in a church and hear the Bible being taught, but it's another thing entirely to go out and implement what is taught and actually do what is said or what Jesus said. Building your life upon the rock is not just about hearing or even accepting who Jesus is. Building our life upon the rock comes from our 
understanding and doing what we have been taught and told. And Jesus here is saying that no other foundation that you can build your life on is going to withstand the storms of life other than actually living your life in a way in which you do the things Jesus Christ asks us to do. You know, it's really great to know how to dig into the Bible and get lots out of it, how to understand it. But in doing that, what you're doing is you're understanding the subject or subjects of the Bible. And that will take you only so far in life. And doing that is great. I happen to be really interested in doing that. In fact, I've spent most of my adult life doing that very thing. But I am tempted to say you can study it and still forget to do what it tells you to do. If we really want to know how to utilise the Bible to its full power, then you need to study it and also do what it says. For example, a very quick example, if you were to just decide to read a book of the Bible, try, try this, take a book of the Bible in the New Testament, any book, but for the sake of if you wanted to actually do this in reality, I would suggest take a short book like Philippians or Colossians. Read it by all means, but while you're reading it, Try this, take a pen and paper and write down everything in it that it says that we should do, that you should do. If it commands you to do it, either in the teachings or by the words of Christ himself, then write it down, take note, but just don't write down those commands. Then, over the following week, do them. Make them apply into your real world situation in some way. I don't know of any finer way to actually study the Bible than to do that sort of thing. To actually read it, understand it, and then just go out and do what it says. And Jesus here is saying that it is on that rock, it is by the doing of his word upon which you build a holy life. And a life that will survive the storms of life when they come. Which is why in the next verse, verse 25, he talks about that. He talks about the storm. And he says, And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fail because it was founded on the rock. So Jesus here is saying, You build your house by obeying. You build your life by obeying. You build a robust Christian life by obeying. But what he says then is that there's a storm coming. And by the way, it doesn't matter where you've chosen and what you've chosen to build what you've chosen and how you've chosen to build your life and what you've chosen to build it upon the storm is still coming it's a statement here and storms are like that especially you live in the part of the world where i'm living now where i live in winter we have a storm well every week almost we had one last week we had several big ones last month and we have a couple of really big storms here at least twice a year in the winter, on the northwest coast of Lancashire, where I'm based in England, if you're not experiencing a storm on a particular day, that kind of means you're just between storms. And storms do come in season, and that is the nature of weather, but it's also the nature of the storms and troubles of life. Life can be full of trouble, so if you're not experiencing a storm today, you can rest assured there is one coming. It's kind of interesting to read what the various Bible commentators have say about what type of storm Jesus is talking about here. And there are several kinds of theories as to what constitutes the storm being talked about by him here. Some say it refers to any trial or adversity, 
which is what I've just clearly suggested. But others say it can also mean things like misunderstandings or disappointments in life. And some would even say it can be there talking about suffering or even persecution that might come. And some have even suggested it's ultimately about enabling us to have built a framework where we can stand before God, righteous in the name of Christ before the judgment of God. Now I think it can be all of those things, but the point is, the basic point is that the storm will come and that storm will test the foundation of the life you have built. So the point is the foundations of life, the way in which you build your life, must be enabled to withstand the storms of life. And if that foundation is built by you being obedient to the word of God, what Jesus is saying here is that by building a life that way and by being obedient to the word of God, you will build strong foundations that will be able to stand the troubles to come. There is a story of a situation that happened in the British Royal Navy many years ago. It's written about in length in William Barclay's study Bible of this book. And it talks about many years ago, I believe it was somewhere between the First and the Second World War, there was a sailor who wrote about a situation when he was a part of a crew of a small boat. And it was towing a much heavier vessel, a destroyer, I think it was in fact, that had experienced engine trouble and was, was uh, drifting in rough seas. So the smaller boat hooked a winch line and they tried to tow it to a safer harbour. But suddenly in the midst of this incredibly strong wind and, and gale-forced conditions, the officer in charge of smaller ship that was doing the towing suddenly shouted down to the sailors and his crews and the members of the smaller boat to hit the deck. Now I didn't realise until I read this that that term was a naval term and it was referred, it was something that was drilled into people during their basic training that at certain times you needed to hit the deck because maybe in the older days when the boom of a, a sailing boat swung across the deck it would take people out. So people were always trained to listen for that word. And because this crew had all been trained to immediately obey their captain, without hesitation, when they heard the call to hit the deck, they all immediately responded and dropped flat on their face to the deck. They all, en masse, immediately obeyed that command. They didn't know why, and what they didn't know was that at that very moment, the cable between the two vessels had snapped, and because it had snapped, it swished across the deck like a huge swipe of a tail or a slithering snake. And if any man had been struck at it, he would have probably been cut in half or certainly instantly killed. But the whole crew, the drop of a hat if you like, immediately obeyed and hit the deck and no one was injured. And I believe that that's the kind of obedience that Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is talking about the type of people who that we ought to be are people who are looking to not only know the Bible, but to obey the Bible. And the word for someone, the word that describes someone who does that and studies the word of God and lives, tries to live a life of obedience to it, well, there's a word for that type of person and they're called a disciple, which means a student, one who is learning from the Lord. And here Jesus is saying, look, that's like the wise man who builds a house on rock. He is someone who is obedient to what he's saying and what the Bible teaches. But now in verse 26, it switches 
and it talks about a foolish man. And Jesus says this, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So we'll pause now for a moment and talk about the foolish man. Notice in verse 26 he says, But everyone who hears. So you've got to realise that the foolish people, the foolish man, the foolish woman, they have heard. They have heard apparently. They have heard the command, but they haven't done anything about it. So that means that though, though they have heard, they haven't obeyed and they've chosen to build their life on something else. And what do you think that something else they tried to build their life was on? Well, if you think about it for a moment, a wise man builds his house on a rock and the rock is obedience to Christ. Then if you build your house in sand, well, the sand means not just that you're not obeying Christ. It means that you're trying to construct a framework, a foundation in your life that is anything other than obeying Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying here. And this is very serious. It's serious for us now and how each and every one of us are choosing to live our lives today and what we're choosing to base it upon. And that's important because if you choose to build your life on anything else other than obedience, then it's not going to sustain you and it's not going to last. Some people build their lives on things like working their way up the corporate ladder. Some build it around trying to gain more and more money or possessions. The merry-go-round of trying to get more and more things. So the question I'd like to ask all of us, everyone listening to this today, is what are you building your life on today? It seems to me that a lot of people today want to try and build their life based on their own pleasure-seeking. And the whole idea is they just want to create a life where they can just be happy all the time. Those are just two options, but neither of them has anything to do or is not based upon being obedient to God. Which means all these other things that we people may try and build their life upon are just like shifting sands. I live by the coast, as I've said, and the tide comes in and out about three miles twice every day. Well, no one would dare to go out at low tide and try and build a, a house on the sand at the low tide mark. But in real life, that kind of thing is happening all the time. And Jesus is saying here that if you build your life upon a framework of anything else, anything else other than deciding to be obedient to the word of God, then the storms of life, the trials that come, the adversities, the difficulties of lives, they are going to come and they're going to overwhelm you. You're going to literally be washed away. So we'd better build our lives in something other than that. You know, there's a famous university in America called Stanford in the United States. And it was built many years ago. And when it was initially built, they put a huge Roman victory type arch at the front of the property. And had a stone in a place to say it was in memory of its founder, Leland Stanford. He was the man who gave an enormous amount of money in order to start a university on the west coast and today on the west coast of the usa stanford university ranks with harvard and yale on the east coast certainly as among the best three universities in the usa and brilliant people did indeed and would come and pass through that so the plan was they'd build an arch and the arch would be an impressive structure and they thought that would make a statement and it'll be something that will last forever 
But you know, the first time an earthquake came, which they come regularly on the west coast of the USA, it collapsed in ruins. For the simple reason the builder tried to save money by not putting a really solid foundation under the arch. And that's what Jesus is saying here. That if you build your life on something other than obedience to him, when the rains or the earthquakes come, when the storms of life come into your life, the framework that you're relying on will collapse all around you. As an aside, I believe this principle also applies to building financial stability in our lives. Because if we don't do that, when a downturn comes, things can fall apart really quickly if you haven't planned and if you haven't saved in a sensible way. I can only imagine the enormous sums of money and, and the financial reverses that have come about due to the recent Bitcoin collapse. People all over the Western world are devastated, have been financially devastated by it. But in my estimation, it was always going to happen. And I believe it will happen again. Because never before in financial history have so many people invested in something that they had absolutely no real idea or understanding of how it works. And as all financial markets are primarily driven by greed and fear, it was obvious that if a downturn threatened that people would panic and people would want out. And that old principles of the lemmings would apply that I talked about a few days ago. So friends, if you could try and build a life based around money, or work, or pleasure, all those things can disappear. Sometimes it's as simple as an illness, or a family illness, or an unforeseen outside pressure in the world can arrive and it can all collapse around you really quickly. You, you can, if you wish, choose to live your life on something other than obedience to Jesus Christ. But eventually, you will have to face a storm in life. You will have to face probably several storms in life. They always come, and if you've not got the right foundations, then things will fall apart for you. Now, in my first-hand experience, as a Christian for a long time, and even as a pastor, I have definitely seen that those who really know the Lord, those who are walking with the Lord and trying to be obedient to him, I can honestly say that those who lived that way weathered the storms of life much better than those who didn't. And also, they even clearly to me did a whole lot better than those people who just came to church and listened, but never really grew, who obviously never really took it on board and spiritually grew by being obedient to what it taught and what it asked them to do. But that's exactly what Jesus is teaching here. Some build their house in the Lord and obedience to him, and others try to build on something else. And if you want to know the difference, just wait till the adversity of life comes along and you will see, and I trust, I really hope that you don't find out to your own detriment that of which frameworks stand up. Now that doesn't say that if you're living a life of obedience to God, that you won't have situations where you will grieve. But you know what? You don't have to grieve as others do, because they grieve without hope. And it doesn't mean that you won't face adversity. But somehow, Scripture tells us that we will be given an inner strength that others don't have, and therefore we won't crumble. And that's the end of Matthew's narrative account of Jesus, this three chapters called the Sermon on the Mount. And now Matthew will close it off with a sort of editorial, a couple of verses, a postscript. But we look at that and finish this all off next time. Thank you so much for joining me.
Okay, friends, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. As I said at the beginning, if you're new to this, then please, why not click on the subscribe button wherever you're getting your podcasts from. That way you'll never miss another single episode. And if you are finding this helpful and beneficial, then please, please consider liking it or sharing it with some friends because then you can allow the study of the Bible to become part of the rhythm of the daily lives of some other people as well. Because I understand that is how people find this and how it grows, by people recommending it to other people. And if you are one of those people who've done that already, thank you very much. It's a real privilege to me to know that what started off as 26 people, I think, on the first episode, has now grown to a community of tens of thousands of people following this idea, this project, to work through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. The podcast is hosted itself on thebibleproject.buzzsprite.com and although you can get it on virtually every podcast platform and provider, they don't all provide links to the extra content. So if you want to find ways in which you can connect with the ministry and gain access to other teaching and things like the Facebook page, the YouTube channel, even my LinkedIn and, and Patreon pages, you can do that through the episode notes page of the podcast itself. And there's always a link to a transcript, the text of approximately what I've said in each message. And they're all there for you, freely available, without cost, copyright free for you to use in whatever way in the building up of yourself or in helping other people so having said all that thank you so much again for joining me and i do hope i'll see you right back here tomorrow it'll be tomorrow for me it'll be whatever day you get that notification that a new podcast's been uploaded but i'll see you again on the bible project daily podcast bye-bye for now